Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about the astrology for March 3rd through the 9th of 2024. And I'm going to remind you that I'm still doing Black Love Month. We extended it to include March. So go ahead and send your questions for the podcast to me via the contact form on my website over at lovelinyato.com. You can get there through ghostofapodcast.com as well. Okay, so there is a lot going on astrologically this week. I guess kind of per usual, although this month does have some kind of some slower parts to it. But I want to take a moment. I want to just take a very brief moment to talk about something that I've touched on in the year ahead forecast. And I'm going to kind of unpack more next week, which is Saturn and Neptune in Pisces. Okay, so this is not specific or exclusive rather to this week, but it is ongoing throughout 2024. So we have Saturn and Neptune both in Pisces. And these transits bring up a lot. They bring up a lot. But one of the things that that they bring up is a feeling of demoralization and overwhelm and hopelessness. And those feelings can lead to inactivity, passivity. And, you know, in the United States, a lot of different states are going to be voting this week. I know a lot of people are very against voting. I'm very for voting personally, not like as the end all be all action, but as, you know, kind of like the least we can do kind of thing. And for myself anyways, I feel like anything that right wing white Christian nationalists are willing to work so hard for it, put so much money into for decades to get me to not do, which is vote, it's got to be important. That's just kind of my attitude. But listen, if you're conscientiously not voting, like if you're just like conscientiously objecting and you're not voting for that reason, all the power to you. But I do want to kind of remind you of something that I touched on in the year ahead forecast, which is when Saturn and Neptune are both in Pisces, especially when they're kind of close to each other by degree, which they are not yet, but they're both in the same signs. We have historically seen movements falling apart. We've seen mass populist movements when when this occurs, but those movements don't tend to have teeth. They don't tend to have impact. And this is in part because of human nature. It is in part because of the demoralization and helplessness and hopelessness that we feel at this time and how it can compel us to be passive, to not participate in collective action. And in the modern world that we live in, that might look like confusing social media engagement with activism, right? That's not really a thing. That's not really a thing. Liking posts or commenting doesn't actually move the needle. I'm not saying it it doesn't do anything because it absolutely does do a lot, but it's not going to change the actions of governments, right? Like what we saw in Michigan last week with such an impressive force where I think it's over 100,000 people voted uncommitted instead of Biden in the Democratic primary. That's really powerful politically. And as an astrologer, I have to say that is such a perfect use of the energy of Saturn and Neptune in Pisces. It's not just staying home and doing nothing. It's collectively coming together and saying, we won't do that. What happened was over 100,000 
people in Michigan across race and religion sent Biden a really clear message that funding genocide is going to cost him their vote. Astrologically, it's such an effective embodiment of this energy. So I just wanted to like acknowledge that. And I also want to acknowledge you. You may be feeling really demoralized, really just tapped and exhausted and hopeless. I'm not going to tell you that those are the wrong ways to feel. But I am going to say that whether we are looking at our social and political movements or your own mental health or your career goals, whatever it is that is really important to you. And, you know, if you're anything like me, it's many things all at once. It's important to find a way to effectively pace yourself, to mobilize in such a way that you are engaging with the things that are important to you, right? But slowly enough that you can sustain those efforts, right? So that might be slowly, that might be steady, that might be like, I don't know what pace is right for you because, you know, we are all unique in what works for us at any given time. But I want to encourage you to give yourself and the things that are important to you the gift of considering sustainability. What is sustainable for you to do? How can you engage in a way that doesn't completely burn you out so that you have nothing left? right? You know, that's life. Sometimes we can't help but burn ourselves out. We don't, have, we don't have any good choices around that. But the ways that you do have the choice to pace yourself, to think about these things, to prioritize that, know that it might seem like you're slowing down and that's a bad thing. But sometimes, in fact, oftentimes, a sustainable pace is more important than rushing in and giving it your all and then collapsing right after. I'm going to talk about this more in, you know, future episodes. So, you know, trigger warning if you hate hearing about social issues and political issues, a.k.a. humanitarian issues. One, one last thing I just want to say about this, which is you may be living your life and thinking, I'm not really thinking about what's happening in the world. I'm not thinking about politics. I'm not thinking about social issues. I'm not thinking about things that are happening in other communities or other countries or whatever. But the last two years, the last four years have been really hard. And you don't know what's wrong with you. You're just like, fuck, the last couple of years have been exceptionally hard. Then I want to suggest to you that regardless of your personal circumstances, you are being affected by collective conditions, a.k.a. politics, a.k.a. humanitarian issues. And I know I've said this in a recent episode, but it bears repeating. I read all the questions you send me uh, for the podcast, and I'm stunned by how many of you are naming how the last couple of years have been exceptionally challenging and your life hasn't had the kind of mobility that you have had in other periods or that you expected of yourself or your circumstances. And I want to just, I want to make this connection for you. The world is in a really challenging and triggering place. And whether or not you're thinking about it consciously, it's still happening. It's still happening. And so The connection between, let's say, the moon and its movements or Saturn and its movements and you, that makes sense to you, right? Like you get it. You're here for an astrology podcast. So you get it that the movement of the planets does have an effect on you and all the people around you. Well, similarly, the collective circumstances that are occurring in your community 
in the state or province you live in, in the country you live in, on the planet you share with all other humans that happen to live here at this time. Of course, those things are going to affect you. Maybe not on a conscious level. You know, for some of us, it's all we think about, right? And then for, for other people, it's not really on your mind. But it's still affecting you because that's how energy works, right? And again, if you're somebody who's just like, ah, don't give me politics, don't give me social issues, just give me astrology, I want to introduce the question. How can you accept that a planet is affecting how you feel and whether or not you're going to have an easy day at work tomorrow, but not accept that living through a time where there is not one but several active genocides occurring has no effect on you or that you know, a mass disabling event is just ripping through the world, but, you know, it, it wouldn't Im personally impact you unless you personally got sick. That doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense, especially for those of us who are woo enough to fuck with astrology, right? So, you know, put that in your pipe, smoke it, don't. It's up to you. It's up to you. All that said, let's get into the astrology of this week. Again, we're looking at March 3rd through the 9th of 2024, and the first exact transit of the week I kind of mentioned at the end of last week's episode. We have a Venus square to Uranus, exact at 5.17 a.m. Pacific time on March 3rd. The transit is happening with Venus at 19 degrees and 39 minutes of Aquarius, and Uranus is at the same degrees of Taurus. Uh, this is happening on Sunday. Due to popular demand, I'm going to try to share not just the date of the transit, but also the day of the week of the transit, keeping in mind that I'm only going to be speaking in Pacific time. So, you know, do the math to convert uh, to your own time zone. It might be a different day of the week. So Sunday, 5.17 a.m. Pacific time, we have Venus square to Uranus. Now, as I said, we've been feeling this transit as it's been building throughout last week, and it is inherently a destabilizing transit. It is meant to shake things up, and in particular, to shake things up in your relationships. Venus is about how we connect with each other, and Venus typically functions diplomatically. It wants to get along, but Uranus is like, I just want to be me. It's very very independent. The tension between Venus and Uranus in this transit can find you or someone else in your life acting in ways that you did not see coming, feeling kind of constrained or uh, kind of penned in by your relationship dynamic or the commitments that you hold with each other. Essentially, whenever we're dealing with Venus, we're dealing with values, right? Relationships truly do reflect our values. Like if you look around, the dynamics you have in your life reflect what you value. I'm referring to the things you consent to participating in over and over and over again. So maybe not your neighbors or your coworkers, things you can't really control, uh, but the people you choose to have in your life and the dynamics that you participate in by choice. This is what really reflects your values. Uranus is here to test it. And whenever we're dealing with tests to Venus, it's really around, are you going to be authentic or accommodating? Like, where is the sweet spot between authenticity and accommodation? Oftentimes, this transit will kick up some sort of, uh, it could be a conflict, it could be a change up, 
It could be just like a surprise that is, again, upsetting, right? Uranus can be quite upsetting in its effects. And this sounds kind of challenging, but honestly, it's an opportunity for you to figure out what you actually want. Not what you thought you wanted five years ago when you started dating the person or, you know, uh, two years ago when you became friends. Like, what, what do you actually want now? What is and isn't working now? So as much as this is a relationship transit, understand that your relationships are simply holding up a mirror to you so that you may look upon yourself. And really consider what you see, not what you thought you'd see when you looked in that mirror, but what you actually see. Venus square to Uranus can bring a lot of excitement and it can also make you feel totally distraught. Like it can be both at once. It can be one or the other. Uh, You may meet someone new or have a new experience that is kind of like rattling, but expansive. You may be exposed to some sort of art that actually like shakes things up for you and is really like catalyzing. It just like opens a door you didn't realize was there. It was a wall. No, it's a door like that. So this transit can be really exciting. It can open you up to new things. And also it can destabilize your life a little bit. My best advice here is be open to change. Strive to be adaptable. And that might mean, you know, be adaptable in terms of how you relate to yourself and you navigate figuring out what's authentic for you. Or it might be you need to be adaptable in dynamic with other people, in relationship to other people. Any relationship that begins on and around this date, eh, it's not likely to be super long lasting, okay? Because Uranus does not bring us permanence. It brings us experiences. So. Be open. Be open to having experiences that you actively learn from that hopefully uh, allow you to act in ways that reflect your values, because that is where the magic of this transit lives. Now, there's like two other things I want to say about it. The first is be careful with your finances, because this is a great time to spend money you don't have. Uranus is impulsive and Venus is your liquid resources, right? So you might just impulsively buy something that's more expensive than it should be, or that is just kind of not going to really be good for you later. So if you see this thing and you're like, oh my God, I have to have it. My advice is let it sit in your shopping cart Uh, you know, 72 hours at least. And if you still want it later, get it. That can help you to just like not overspend. And I would I would refrain from making kind of permanent commitments in any kind of relationship this week in general, but specifically on and around this day. And the other thing is Venus is your values. Uranus is progressive. So you may be exposed to ideas that challenge your values, that have you considering things from a different perspective than you have before. That's fucking awesome. It can be unsettling, right? It can be destabilizing, but it's awesome. You don't have to make any permanent assessments based on whatever revelations or kind of new information or new perspectives you're exposed to. That's not what Uranus wants. Uranus wants us to be open and to explore possibility. So, you know, do that because progress is not a straight line. It takes dips and turns. It ebbs and flows. That's how progress goes. Explore new ideas if you are exposed to them this week. It's just the best way to work with this energy. Now, that brings us to Monday, March 4th. On that day at 1224 p.m. Pacific time, we have a Mercury sextile to Uranus. 
Mercury will be at 19 degrees of Pisces in 42 minutes, and Uranus will be at the same degrees of Taurus. Now, of course, this transit is overlapping with the Venus square to Uranus, and it's a lovely transit to have overlapping because Mercury sextile to Uranus makes it so much easier for us to be open-minded. This transit creates kind of a excitement, a little bit of sparkle to the conversations you're having with other people, to your social interactions, to even your daily routines. Mercury and Uranus are both related to the mind uh, and our nerves, our nervous system. Mercury sextile to Uranus can help you to really explore your mind, explore your ideas, explore other people's ideas and not feel threatened by it. Now, like I said, it's overlapping with Venus square to Uranus, which can be a little rough on the nervous system. So I think this Mercury Uranus sextile will be incredibly supportive to the Venus square to Uranus. So that's good news for the people. Things may kind of synergize for you where, you know, ideas come together. Understanding just kind of like comes in like a lightning bolt because Uranus, you know, is a lightning bolt of insight. So stay open. Explore. But again, 72 hours. Okay, 72 hours before you make any permanent plans, permanent commitments, anything like that. If you can avoid it, do. And if you can't, you know, just work with the energy. Explore possibilities to the best of your ability. This transit really helps to enliven your thinking, which helps to explore ideas and possibilities, which is a really beautiful thing and can help you to kind of deal with burnout if you've been feeling it. It brings a little excitement and sparkle to your thinking. It helps you to finally get that window open that was painted shut by the limitations of your own mind. So to the best of your ability, uh, tap into this energy. And if you find that you have anything in your birth chart at around 19, 20 degrees of either a water sign or an earth sign, this is going to be especially soothing and inspiring to you. Now, uh, that brings us to Wednesday, March 6th at 3.04 p.m. Pacific time. We have a Mars sextile to Chiron. So Mars will be at 17 degrees and 32 minutes of Aquarius, and Chiron will be at the same degrees of Aries. This transit is a really great one to have overlapping with the Mercury sextile to Uranus and the Venus square to Uranus. And that doesn't mean that it's a completely easy transit, because whenever we're dealing with Chiron, it's never completely easy. But this transit creates this like really lovely synergistic spark between your ability to tap into your vitality, your resiliency, your inner strength, your ambition, and to do so in a way that engages with old wounds and even kind of unhealed struggles within you around your identity, around, you know, being here in a body. And it empowers you to, to engage with these energies in a more resilient way, where you actually move through these issues. So it's not like, you know, this transit's going to happen and you're going to magically heal. But this transit can absolutely spark progress. And as you've heard me say many times, and I will say again, progress is progress is progress. Really, small progress is progress, right? Like we don't want to undermine our blessings. So when Mars forms a sextile to Chiron, 
you may find yourself able to take action on something that you just did not feel capable of before. Something may happen that would typically trigger really kind of activated and difficult feelings. But under the influence of this transit, you feel those same feelings, you're aware of those same things, but you just have that zhuzh, that chutzpah, that, that energy to move through it, right? To not let your painful or challenging memories from the past or negative stories that you tell yourself that you just really kind of come to believe to stop you. In other words, the astrology of this week is challenging you and me and everyone else to get out of our own way, right? To make sure that our relationships actually reflect your values. And that's thanks to Venus square to Uranus. There's going to be an influx of energy and information thanks to Mercury sextile to Uranus. And then this Mars sextile to Chiron comes along and it empowers you to move through triggers and activation in a way that better reflects your strength, your capacity, what's important to you. So it's a really powerful kind of trio of transits for us. Thank you very much. Dear bra-wearing listeners, imagine a bra that you actually want to wear. That's a tough ask for some of us, but Honey Love has revolutionized the bra game. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love's bras support bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing support. For a limited time only, get 20% off your entire order with my exclusive link at honeylove.com slash ghost. Honey Love's bestseller is the crossover bra, and they also have the V-bra for a more relaxed lounge around option, but it doesn't stop there. Honey Love has more than just bras. You can check out their tanks and leggings too. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash ghost. Use my exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash ghost. After you purchase and they ask where you heard about them, support the show and tell them that I sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for the last few years, I've been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, plus, plus, plus. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. Sure, it's a multivitamin, but have I ever told you how yummy it is too? It's delicious to drink and it makes the start of my day better. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com slash lanyato. That's drinkag1.com slash lanyato. And then that brings us to the eighth. And this is where we all remember that the universe giveth and the universe taketh away. On Friday, March 8th, we have an exact conjunction between Mercury and Neptune. Mercury will be at 27 degrees and one minute of Pisces, as will Neptune. So Mercury conjunction to Neptune is not a fun transit. I'm not going to lie to you. Mercury is your mind. It's your thinking, 
right? And Neptune is anxiety. It's overwhelm. It can be burnout. It can be demoralization and helplessness and hopelessness. It can also be idealization and fantasy and projections. When Mercury meets up with Neptune, especially in Pisces, we can feel anxious. You may find yourself just like having a hard time with focus, having a hard time with your frame of mind not being kind of kind of slipping or melting into anxiety. There may be misunderstandings, miscommunications, and this is based on the fact that you're not the only one going through this transit, right? Everybody is likely to be a little like off. And some people, when they're feeling a little off and a little anxious, get cold and standoffish. Other people get a little needy. Other people over-communicate. Other people will under-communicate. So even if you are the perfect angel that you and I both know you are, perfect, never made a mistake in your life, other people may be a, a hot mess around you. So this Mercury conjunction to Neptune is messy. It's messy. You may find yourself absolutely exhausted like absolutely exhausted. Or you may find yourself fixated on fantasies, like, you know, people you've never met, relationships that are not two-way, you know, that are all in your head. You may find yourself fixated on something that really makes you feel sad and bad, something that you cannot control at all. And if that's the case, I want to encourage you to gently but firmly bring your attention back to your own life to your own body, to your own heart and your own head. This is a great time for meditation, for, you know, any kind of spiritual work that is really simple and has you coming back to center, accessing the present moment. That That is what this transit is really good for. It is terrible for taking you further out of your body, taking you further out of your reality, uh, muddying the waters further. This is why it's not a great time for any kind of consciousness raising drugs, because it is likely to blow out your energy boundaries. But you know, you do you. If you need to have an important conversation with anyone, but certainly like at work or, you know, in, in movement or anything like that, it's going to be really important that you're exceptionally clear. Make no assumptions that people understand you. Make no assumptions that when you use buzzwords that they have the same feeling for and definition of those words. Mercury might be a beautiful uh, felt pen drawing really clear lines. Neptune comes around when it's conjoining Mercury and it's just water on the ink just spreading the ink everywhere all over the page, making a mess, obscuring the message. That's a pain in the ass in many ways, but it occurs so that you turn within. Don't look for answers outside of you. I'm not saying don't learn from other people, but I am saying there is a meaningful difference between learning from other people and constantly, consistently taking in information and never creating a space within yourself to sit with that information, to identify where it's landing inside of you, and to assess, based on your own thoughts, your own attitudes, your own beliefs, what it is that you think and believe. When a transit like Mercury-Neptune conjunction comes around, that's exactly what we need to do. One more word I'll say about this is Mercury is your friendships, and Neptune is messy. In fact, Neptune and Pisces energies can inspire kind of like 
passive-aggressive or martyred dynamics. So if you catch yourself being passive-aggressive or self-sacrificing in a way that you know you resent and that you cannot do in a healthy way, this is an important transit to pay attention to because your boundaries are yours. They're yours to identify, yours to communicate, and yours to uphold. So it's really important that you prioritize your healthy boundaries in your thinking as well as in your communication. And when I say communication, I always mean not just what you say, but how you're listening and what you're listening to, right? So that you can respect other people's boundaries or clock it when someone's not respecting yours. When somebody doesn't respect your boundaries, you know, there's a lot of different things you may do based on different situations, different relationships. But ultimately, when someone shows you really clearly that they're not trustworthy, eh, I'm not sure what the point of processing with them anymore is. That's when you shift your intention and your openness to that person. I'm not encouraging people to never process or like talk through friendship issues. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of those things. But when Mercury conjunction to Neptune occurs, we often find ourselves in a situation where we don't have the words. We don't know what to say. Or we feel like saying there's a point in saying anything. And that's, that's real. And so I want to encourage you, if you find yourself in you know, any, any kind of situation or dynamic that is like that, to identify what your boundaries are. As I have said recently, boundaries are not just about keeping other people out. They are about holding yourself together. Make sure that you are doing your utmost to take responsibility for holding yourself together. Now, this is going to be particularly tricky, not just because of the Mercury conjunction to Neptune, but also because on Saturday, March 9th, we have not one but two exact transits. One of them is really supportive. The other one's really destabilizing. We've got the sun forming an exact sextile to Uranus, and that's exact at 3.01 p.m. And then we've got Mars forming an exact square to Uranus. Now that's exact at 2.55 p.m., so they're five, six minutes apart. Now, the sun sextile to Uranus is a really supportive, dynamic transit. It can find you in situations that are expansive, where you're experiencing something new. It might be like an encounter with somebody else that is really engaging or just kind of makes you think about things differently. It just reminds you that you're here and that you're alive, right? It's really nice. It might be that you learn something new, that there's a surprise or an opportunity that comes your way, and it's lovely. You know, sun, sex, health, Uranus is lovely. It stimulates your openness to possibility. It's kind of like a progressive transit, which is to say it helps you to progress in your life, right? Um, and it strengthens your core, energetically speaking. So this is a great transit to remember to be curious, to remember to be present and engaged, to put yourself out there. Here's the but. The but is Mars is also squaring Uranus. Now, the sun in astrology, it's your will. It's your kind of core energies. And Mars is your ego. So the will and the ego are different things. They can kind of come across quite similar sometimes, but they are different things. Luckily, the sun sextile to Uranus strengthens the will, the sense of self, which is where we have our vitality and our resiliency netted. The Mars square to Uranus, however, tests the ego. This transit is explosive. 
given that there are so many wars occurring on so many levels, I'm really paying attention to this transit. To be honest, I'm also paying attention to Mercury conjunction to Neptune. And this is something I will talk about in a future episode. But Neptune always has an important role to play in war. And this is because of the religious and puritanical ideology that it tends to uh, inspire. But again, that's for another day. Mars square to Uranus is literally combative. Mars, punch, punch, bang, bang, kick, kick. And Uranus is electricity, internet, and explosives, like all explosives. When this transit comes up, things may break. (laughs) They may break. And it may break because it's just like one too many injuries to the thing, like just a little bit too much pressure on the thing. Or they may break because the people break them, right? When these two transits come together, what happens is you want to break free. And it may be because of your ego. And that's not inherently wrong. This is something we've been talking about on my Patreon a lot, like the the North Node, the soul, but also the ego uh, and career. I know these things may seem kind of like they're not connected, but they really are connected because the ego is not inherently bad. Having a healthy ego, a healthy and imbalanced ego empowers you to navigate the world, the, the 3D world. It's a really necessary and, and natural, normal part of your humanity. The key is to have a healthy and balanced ego. When a transit like this comes around, like Mars square to Uranus, if your ego isn't strong enough, you may go with the flow when the flow is out of integrity for you. If you don't have good ego muscles, you may find yourself defensively reacting and acting out when you feel threatened. There's so many different ways our egos can malfunction. I don't need to list them here for you. But just know that this transit triggers ego malfunction in you and me and everybody else. So don't start shit if you don't want shit, right? Like be careful about picking fights with other people. And that includes passive aggressive rolling of your eyes, shitty tones of voice. People might annoy you (laughs) in your life, or it might be that you're just having a really fucking hard day on the date of this transit, but also leading up to it and after it, right? Because we'll feel the effects of it on either side of this, this date where it is exact. It may be that you're having a really hard time, you know, bearing the world at work, whatever, and then you're with a person you feel safe with, and then you treat them like shit. And you don't mean to. You don't mean to, but you do it. Uh, Have a strong enough ego to be like, that was shitty of me. I apologize. Having a strong enough ego to acknowledge when you're wrong is really freeing. It is really freeing. It makes your life so much easier to live. Mars square to Uranus will change your perspective. It can make you feel just like so chafed by restrictions and obligations that you want to act out defensively. It may make you just feel so activated in your nervous system, Uranus, and in your body, Mars, that you just act in ways uh, you didn't plan on acting. You know, your body language may communicate things you did not mean it to. This transit will often make a person accident prone. So if you have anything in your birth chart at around 19 or 20 degrees of a fixed sign, so we're talking about Aquarius, Taurus, Scorpio, and Leo, you're going to feel this especially hard. But this, this can make you really accident prone. And this is because you may be physically 
acting in ways that are so motivated by your nervous system, your nerves, that it's just like chaotic. It's chaotic. For my tarot girlies, I will say it's giving five of wands energy. It's an energy that can quickly move to chaos, but it can be creative. This can be a time where you get out of your own way, you try new things, you assert yourself in deference to something you believe in. You know, you you kind of mobilize towards progress in some area of your life or in regards to something that you think is really important. It can also be a transit that helps you to find solutions to problems that you've just been incredibly stumped on. If you have to do something boring or restrictive, it's going to be a real pain in your ass. I will uh, bring your attention back to the start of the week where we had Venus forming a square to Uranus. And I want to acknowledge that, okay, okay. So the, the start of the week and the end of the week, we have these two challenging transits from Venus and Mars, very relational planets. And so our personal relationships are likely to be pretty fucking destabilized this week. And within that is the opportunity for creating change so that our relationships better reflect what is authentic and true. But that's destabilizing, right? Breaking habits, changing expectations, acknowledging things that'll cost you some stability. That stuff's hard. It's, it, it's hard, but it's not bad. So be open to breakthroughs because whenever we're dealing with Uranus, especially Uranus in a challenging aspect like a square, we can have breakthroughs. I mean, we can have breakdowns, but, you know, be prepared for either both and all smooshed up together. The astrology of this week, it wants to change you and not against your will and, and, and not because life is tragedy, although, you know, there's an argument for that. But we are not meant to be static. Life is not like walking a straight line in a pastoral path. It's twists and turns. And this week will bring us a lot of twists and turns. And what we are not supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do with this energy, any of this energy, is come to permanent solutions. That's not it. This is a time for process, for exploration, for curiosity, for working on your insides or working on your outsides, whatever is calling you, whatever's important to you, however it's hitting your chart, this is a time where you are meant to be open to the work, open to changing and being changed. Don't waste your energy trying to change other people. It's not your business. This is a time for changing and being changed. Now, I'm going to run through these transits one more time, but I'll also remind you, uh, if you go to my website, ghostofapodcast.com, you get to that page, uh, it's full of all the episodes, and you just click on the button that says listen here, and it will bring you to the transcript of this episode, as well as the audio for it. You know, the transcripts are usually up in a couple days of the episode. So on Sunday, March the 3rd, we have an exact square between Venus and Uranus. On Monday, March the 4th, we have a Mercury sextile to Uranus. On Wednesday, March the 6th, Mars forms an exact sextile to Chiron. And then on March 8th, which is a Friday, we've got a Mercury conjunction to Neptune. Finally, on Saturday, March 9th, we have a Mars square to Uranus and a Sun sextile to Uranus. A lot of Uranian energy here this week. 
If you get value from my work and you want to learn more with me, I invite you to join me over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Jessica Lignato. And, you know, we get astrological. I've got years of content, tons of astrology and woo. And you can ask me questions directly about whatever it is that we're talking about at any given point of the week, which is kind of, I don't know, I think it's cool. So hopefully you join me over there. Now, listen, one last thing, one last thing I'm going to say about the astrology of this week is that next week on Sunday, Sunday the, the 10th of March, we're going to have a new moon. And that's going to mark the start of eclipse season. Do, 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 do. Uh, it, it's not an eclipse, but, you know, it's like we're, we're getting in our build-up moment. So the astrology of this week is a lot. It's a lot. And there will be actually like a, a time in the middle of this month that is much less stimulating. But next weekend, on Sunday the 10th, we're going to have big feelings. So stay tuned. All right. This is going to be a little bit of a bananas week. So take good care of yourself and others. And I will talk to you in just a couple of days. Bye-bye. Every year they say the end is near. But we're still here.